Welcome to this special launch edition of Visiting Professors. This is medical oncologist Dr. Neil Love. You're about to hear not just another audio program, but an experiment in oncology education. Visiting Professor is an extension of another education program, our Meet the Professor series, in which practicing oncologists present cases from their practices in a roundtable discussion. Visiting Professor takes this concept to the next level and allows the faculty to actually meet patients and review their charts and imaging with the treating physician. For this program, which we recorded just before the June ASCO meeting, Dr. Eric Weiner visited the practice of Dr. Michael Schwartz of Miami Beach. And to begin, Mike presents a 43-year-old woman who was treated by another physician five years ago with six cycles of AC for a 2-centimeter node-negative, triple-negative primary cancer. Two years later, she was diagnosed with another ipsilateral triple-negative primary tumor and initially received adjuvant paclitaxel, but was switched to docetaxel because of an allergic reaction. Eight months after completing this therapy, the patient presented to Dr. Schwartz with highly symptomatic metastatic disease to the lung. On exam, she was short of breath. She also had a fairly large palpable left flank mass, soft tissue mass, which we biopsied, and it confirmed, again, an ER-negative, HER2-negative tumor. And I started the patient on a combination regimen of carboplatinum, gemcitabine, and bevacizumab. The patient received eight cycles of treatment with very rapid improvement in her symptoms, marked improvement in her imaging studies, did require several treatment delays, for the most part for thrombocytopenia, but overall handled things pretty well. During her treatment, however, she developed a rash, which in a sort of a photosensitivity distribution over her face, over her arms, basically upper torso, and a rash that was really bothersome to her. It was pyritic. It wasn't one of these, sometimes we see rashes that you can pretty much ignore, and also began developing arthralgias. And that even replaced, in terms of her symptomatology, that became her main complaint, severe arthralgias. And during the initial part of this, she was sent for evaluation to dermatology and then by dermatology to rheumatology, and a biopsy of the skin was recommended, and the biopsy was consistent with dermatomyositis. Apparently, the typical finding is immunofluorescence for the MAC complex of complement, which I was not aware of, but the report was this is dermatomyositis was placed on a high dose of prednisone and Plaquenil, and symptoms improved with the high dose prednisone, came back to see me, and, okay, so this is not related to the treatment. This is somehow related to either your disease or just happened to happen from a rheumatologist standpoint, so let's restart the treatment. As soon as I gave her the treatment again, the symptoms flared, both the rash and the arthralgias. So I was convinced that this was something I was causing with the treatment and decided to take away one agent at a time. The first agent I took away was the Avastin. It didn't seem to matter. Her symptoms would flare when she got chemo again, then took away the gemcitabine, and then finally the carboplatinum, and discontinued all treatment in early February. During this time period, she's been on a tapering dose of prednisone, has some rash, but not nearly as noticeable as before, and the arthralgias are under control. Imaged in March, 
and had stable, minimal lung nodules still present. So as of this time, I'm following her. What do you think, Eric? She was very symptomatic. She had triple negative disease. Given the data from ECARG 2100, it's quite compelling to use Avastin in this first-line metastatic setting. On the other hand, she had just had a taxane nine months before, so you don't really want to use paclitaxel. And for that matter, I wouldn't be very enthusiastic about another taxane. And so what Mike did was put together another regimen for which there's some toxicity data using chemotherapy and Avastin. And here it was quite effective in terms of her disease. The challenging issue here is what's going on in terms of the rash and the other symptoms. I suspect this probably is malignancy-associated dermatomyositis, but the truth is that I've seen this all of a couple of times in my entire career. What about the issue of the carbo that was added in here and the issue of the platinums with triple negatives? Well, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about the role of platinum salts, both cisplatin and carboplatin in patients with triple negative breast cancer. And I think here it's fair to say that there's more talk than there are data. From our center, we have a small preoperative trial in patients with triple negative disease that Judy Garber ran, where among... 27 or 28 patients with triple negative disease treated in the preoperative setting. There were six pathologic complete responses with four cycles of single agent cisplatin. I can't say that that's better than we would have seen with AC or with ataxane, although it's enough activity to say that the platinum salts clearly have some activity here. But then we've known for a long time that the platinum salts in patients who haven't had prior chemotherapy for breast cancer have some activity. And then there's going to be a trial reported at ASCO this year from Lisa Carey and the Translational Breast Cancer Research Consortium in which patients were randomized to receive either carboplatin plus cetuximab or cetuximab alone in the triple negative setting or patients with triple negative disease who had either not received or who had received up to a couple of regimens in the metastatic setting. And there was some activity. So the fact is, I don't know that we're yet at a point where we can say that the platinum salts have more activity in triple negative breast cancer than in other subsets of breast cancer, but there does seem to be some activity. Now, this lady's been off therapy for how long? Three months. How does she feel about being off treatment? It took a little bit of arm twisting in the beginning, but has become very comfortable with it of late. She's got some major important life events. Her son's bar mitzvah is this weekend coming up, and it's certainly easy to do that when you're not on chemotherapy. So today, I really felt that she was very content with waiting it out, knowing that she was going to need treatment again in the future. In other words, there was an advantage to waiting. What was your take about her state of mind today, Garrick? I thought she was quite comfortable with this. And I think this is a situation where oftentimes patients resist the idea of stopping treatment, but once they stop, they realize they actually like it and then dread restarting. And, you know, I think we can say with a great deal of certainty here that stopping treatment and taking a holiday from therapy isn't going to compromise her survival. We know that from older randomized trials. And given the toxicity that she had, it's certainly going to help her short-term quality of life. Have you talked to her about sort of what her next treatment might be? You know, I don't know that I spoke to her, but I've been thinking about it. 
And depending on how long that is, I mean, I think if we get many more months before she needs treatment, I can go back to some sort of similar regimen to what she had before. What about the dermatomyositis? Are you concerned about sort of stirring that up again with more treatment? Yes, but I think we'll also answer the question, you know, is it related to the treatment? Because I imagine that the steroids will be tapered off over the next several months. What specific therapy would you be thinking about, Eric, as a next step? So again, I think that it is possible to go back to that same treatment. And, you know, this is a situation where treatment was stopped, including the bevacizumab, when in fact she had responded. Her disease hadn't progressed. So this is the one situation where I think it's pretty reasonable to consider reusing bevacizumab because, in fact, the disease hadn't progressed on bevacizumab. And that becomes that much more appealing if, in fact, this goes on another few months without progression. And so, you know, I think high on my list would be to go back to some of the same drugs. And if not, I think, you know, you're talking about another chemotherapeutic agent, you know, whether that's going with a taxane or going with ixabepalone or Zolota, you know, any of those are reasonable. Of course, the two that are approved in this situation are both Zolota and Ixabepalone. This case demonstrates the frequent dilemma in metastatic disease in differentiating the etiology of a clinical syndrome, in this case dermatomyositis, that Dr. Schwartz believes is related to the treatment, but could also be from the tumor or a totally independent process. Another important issue is the concept of a treatment holiday and the psychological support needed for these patients. 